You're listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm author and book devourer Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, filmmaker and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about what's the best way to stay cozy while you read. Wow. <laughs> you know what? We're just, we're just like, what are the questions that y'all want answered? We're here to answer them. We're here a, to talk. Coziness cozy. is an important part of reading we in the winter. We did an episode about cozy books. We're going to do one about cozy reading. Mm-hmm. The important things. Um, but first, what are you reading, Bria? Oh, I am reading, I listened to, I just listened to um, a book written and narrated by the author Evan Ross Katz. It is Into Every Generation, A Slayer is Born, How Buffy Staked oh, Our Hearts. Oh, the Buffy book. The I Buffy keep, book. I keep seeing that on your kitchen table. Yeah, yeah, I, yes, I own it. But then I listened to it for some reason instead of reading it. Uh, I mean, I did read it via my ears. So what's interesting about this book, so it's it's basically Evan Ross Katz decided like, oh, I'm going to write this book, like this, you know, definitive book about Buffy the Vampire Slayer, the TV show, and like, why it was important to me, how it affected. There's a lot of people who, who feel like it really helped them, like young queer people. They feel like it helped them when they didn't feel like they fit in. And so he started writing this book, and then all these allegations came out about Joss Whedon mm. while he's writing the book. So it's interesting because he's, he talks about this in the opening where he says, you know, I thought it was going to be one thing. It ended up being another thing. But I think what's really interesting about it is he's talking about fandom. And this is the thing I sort of took away from it, is that it's very much about, like, fandom and how we are fans of things sometimes that it turns out the creators or certain people involved are not the greatest people. Yeah. And how do we reconcile that when it is something that, like, people say all the time to these actors and and people who were on Buffy, like, your show saved my life. And I'm kind of one of those people. Like, Buffy was really, really important Mm -hmm. to me. And... It's a hard thing to reconcile, you know, because yeah. you're like, how do I, how, you know, I think a lot of Harry Potter fans feel this. A lot of, a lot of various fans feel, uh, feel this. And so it's interesting because he's kind of taking this history of, of Buffy and obviously he talks about Joss, but I think he's also decentering Joss Whedon in an interesting way and recentering other people who were involved, the actors, the costumer, the writers mm-hmm. that were not Joss Whedon and the fans and yeah. like, and how once you put something out there in the world uh, that fans are going to take that and it's, it's kind of becomes theirs in a certain yeah, way. Yeah, for and, sure. And you know, how it started all these conversations about feminism and about gender and, and sexuality in, in a time where we weren't necessarily talking about those, those I things. I will say, I had never watched Buffy when I was a kid and I watched it because my boyfriend writes used to write the Buffy comics and I have never seen a hornier TV show in my life I could not believe how every single episode I would turn to him and be like this this was allowed on TV yeah (laughs) this is the horniest show I've ever seen in my life yeah and I think also it's just like I mean I think look he also talks about like it's big misses like when it regards to race Mm -hmm. regards to like some of the ways that like we obviously know how some of the women are treated behind behind the scenes and he doesn't gloss over those but he also like how look shows are complicated and fandom is complicated Mm -hmm. and like our relationship to these shows changes over time. Anyway, I thought it was really interesting. And if you are a fan of Buffy, I think it's a really great way to like revisit all of that era of television and like why it was important to me, to me or to you, if you're reading it, to anyone. Uh, I just thought it was a really well-researched book. He talked to a lot of folks and it kind of helped me to sort of think through a lot of that, my Buffy phantom in some ways. I was Buffy for, for, for Halloween this year. You were. But not from, I was Buffy from the movie. But it's still a Joss Whedon movie, actually. (laughs) Yes, but directed by a woman. Um, But I I like the original Buffy movie also. Anyway, what are you reading, Mallory? I'm reading a book that I think will make a really great gift book for the kids in your life. Ooh. It is a middle grade book that got hand sold to me. Um, (laughs) We were at a bookstore. There's a a really great bookstore in Redlands called The Frugal Frigate. And it is like a kids only bookstore. It's a frigate. It's a, a ship. Oh. It's a, so it's from a ship. It's from a poem about reading. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, but I heard over. I'm such a creep. I overheard the booksellers talking about over the garden wall. Oh yeah, and I was like, what What are you talking about? And they were talking about this book. And it, this book is a retelling of a classic fantasy children's book. So it is rewritten to be a little more modern. And it's called The Marvelous Land of Snurgs by Veronica Costantelli and. It's a retelling of the book that inspired Tolkien to write The Hobbit. Oh, wow. And it is wonderful. It is so beautiful, especially if you listen to our special editions episode and you were like, oh, I want to look out for some fancy books. This book is so beautiful and it's illustrated and it's wonderful. And it's about this orphanage and there's these two kids that get there and they're like very misfit kids and they end up getting accidentally wandering out into the forest and falling into this magical world. As you do. And they end up in the land of Snurgs and the Snurgs are like, you would love a Snurg, Bria. They're very small. They love uh-huh. snacks. Yeah. 
they love to hang out and pet animals and eat snacks. And yeah. are they human like or what are they? Yeah, like? I mean, they, if you look at the picture, you're like, that's a hobbit. But this is this is what oh. inspired Tolkien to create hobbits, and they end up on this sort of like adventure through the land of Snurgs, like trying to trying to defeat this witch and it's just like so cute and would be really fun to read aloud to a kid i am a person with no kids and i just read it and it's very fun just as me as an adult but it, it was a blast i really enjoy it and it would again make a great gift book uh so that is the marvelous land of snurgs by veronica cosentelli and mine is into every generation a slayer is born how buffy staked our hearts written and narrated by evan ross katz So we want to take a moment to share some listener feedback. Bria, we got so much feedback about palate cleanser books and palate cleansing reading. Oh, I bet that's right. That makes sense to me. So much. We asked and we received. Yes. So Ashley wrote in to say, with physical books or books that I read with my eyes that I need a cleanse from, I'll read a graphic novel or novella. I'm loving reading the Wayward Children series right now. With audiobooks, I'll listen to podcasts. I have a job where I can listen to books and podcasts. So I'll start a book on Monday. Then once I'm done, I will catch up on all the podcast episodes for the week. I listen to about 10 podcasts, so there's always something playing in my ears. Graphic novels are a great palate cleanser. Yeah, that's a great idea. And Stephanie wrote that, first of all, I love your podcast. I kind of lost enthusiasm for reading after I got out of school, but during quarantine, I've started to pick it up again. Finding your podcast has really helped to fan that flame and keep my enthusiasm alive. Whenever I read a book that immediately begins to live in my head rent-free, I have trouble trying to read anything new after that. So if I don't want to take a break from reading, I'll instead reread a book I really love. Oh, that's good. That way I know exactly what I'm getting into and know that I'm going to love it. It's like eating comfort food after going through something intense. Yeah, we got a lot of people who said who were big palate cleansing rereaders. Ah. Uh, so Jen wrote in to say, after a really dark, scary, sad, or dense read, I turned to my favorite books or series from when I was in middle and high school. Recently, I've started rereading the Princess Diaries series by Meg Cabot. Huh. I never read those. I haven't either. Um, and Jen says, each one is like a short, quick treat after my chunkier door stoppers. Yeah. Returning to old favorites helps me ease out of any tension or slump I'm in and gets me ready for the next big read on my TBR. Yeah, we didn't talk about rereading books, but that is a really good one. It is a good one. Yeah. Uh, Jen says, P.S. As someone from Cambridge, Mass, I love when Mallory gets really excited about something and her accent comes out. It's wicked piss up. <laughs> okay, Does piss so mean good? Yes. <laughs> nice. <laughs> And a bunch of people wrote in to say they use Discworld novels as palate cleansers. Oh my really? God, so many people like within an hour of each other were like, I, I read the Discworld series. It's, it's What? Yeah. All right, so Sheila said, Terry Pratchett's style is so engaging. This is about the Discworld series. So engaging and light with just the right mix of comedy and genuine heart that I never have a hard time absolutely inhaling a Discworld novel no matter how bad of a reading slump I'm in. In fact, instead of ever attempting to read the whole series, I save the Discworld books for situations like this since when I'm having trouble latching onto the world of a new book rereading doesn't work for me. There's so many books that I essentially have a lifetime supply and they're so popular. There are so many of them that you can always find a good selection at the library bookstore. Thank you so much for this amazing show. I've been listening since the very beginning. Wow. And it's really helped me make reading a big part of my life again. I don't know where I'd be without your fantastic recommendations. The wheelhouse is sci-fi with a sense of humor, fantasy where women get to do stuff, yeah. <laughs> horror with an interesting spin on the usual tropes, nonfiction about Stephen Sondheim, okay. and prose that's so well-constructed you want to cross every sentence into a throw pillow. Wow. Love so it. Specific. So you can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com if you want a list of all the books we talk about delivered to your inbox every month. You can sign up for our newsletter. There's a link in the show notes. Uh, and just a quick bookmark, folks, if you want to be en entered to win a box of books for the Reading Glasses Challenge, now's the time. you got to send them in before the end of the year. Or I guess you could say, if you're if you're still up, last year we said this, and people were like, but I'm going to be reading on New Year's Eve. If that's you, that's fine. <laughs> we, I'm going to cut it off after the first week of January. Fair. After the first week of January, from now until the end of the end of the first week of January, send in your reading glasses challenges to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Just put a list of the challenge and put all the books or activities you did to uh, complete each, each part. And then at the end of the first week of January, I will be writing all those names on a piece of paper and putting them in a hat and pulling out three. And we're going to send you a box. We'll email you first and ask you what your wheelhouse is. And then we're going to send you a box of books. Yep. We're very excited. So uh, before we talk about staying cozy while you read, we're going to take a quick break. Reading Glasses is sponsored in part this week by Dipsy. You know, y'all want to hear about my week? Here's what I do in a week. I go and work out. I get my hair done. 
Um, I do a lot of relaxing. I spend a lot of time reading in the tub, as y'all know. But have you ever thought about treating yourself, taking care of your needs in another way? What about with Dipsy? Dipsy is an app full of hundreds of short, sexy audio stories designed by women for women. And they bring scenarios to life with immersive soundscapes and realistic characters. Y'all have heard us talk about it before. We really like Dipsy. You can find stories about maybe an intriguing coworker with a British accent. I'm sure you can find all kinds of accents on there. Or hooking up with your hot yoga instructor. It's radically inclusive. Dipsy has stories for straight and queer listeners. And 56% of the stories are voiced by people of color. This is a great app. We are a big fan of this. We're a big fan of you taking care of yourself in all ways. Think about yourself. And guess what? Have you thought about trying Dipsy and you're like, I don't know, you know, budgets are tight this year. I'm not sure if I'm going to like it. You can actually get it for free for 30 days for listeners of this show. Dipsy is offering an extended 30-day free trial when you go to dipsystories.com slash glasses. That's right. You can just try it out. See how you feel. It's 30 days of free access for free when you go to D-I-P-S-E-A stories.com slash glasses. That's dipsystories.com slash glasses. Glasses. I'm Jordan Cruciola, the host of Feeling Seen, where we talk about the movie characters that make us feel seen. And I'm the show's producer, Marissa. Jordan, you've interviewed so many directors, actors, writers, film critics, and I like to play this little game where I take a sip of coffee every time someone says, that's such a great question. That's such a fabulous question. Or they tell you how smart you are. I think that you are rather brilliant. And of course, the big one is, when, when they, they cry, cry unexpectedly. unexpectedly, yes, yes. Jordan, I don't want to cry on your podcast. I wasn't expecting to <laughs> cry. I mean, it makes me kind of want to cry. <sighs> Feeling Seen comes out every Thursday on MaximumFun.org. Listen already. What are you waiting for? Jordan, that's such a great question. <laughs> This week, it's cold outside, and we're talking about cozy reading. That's right, not cozy books. We've already covered that. We're talking about cozy reading, the ideal setup to keep you warm and comfortable. Blankets, pillows, bathrobes, what's the best way to do it? All right, Bria, walk me through. It's chilly out. You're getting, which means like 60 degrees in LA. Yeah. You're getting on the couch to read. What are you grabbing? Wow. You know, hard-hitting journalism. Get to know the real Bria and Mallory. Wow, wow, wow. We are really... Like, you know, y'all wanted to know our deep, very dark, intimate. Yeah. Okay. First, <laughs> if I'm truly getting cozy, this is actually is something I don't talk about much. Wow. I have these space heaters in my house oh. that look like little fireplaces. <laughs> there, I have two of them. I didn't know they that. They came with the house. Some The person really? living there before me left them. Are they haunted? Um, I don't think. Well, here's the thing. People don't like this about me. I don't believe in ghosts. So nothing's haunted. Uh, But people who say my house is haunted probably think these are haunted. I don't know. Can you haunt something be haunted that's only like three years old? Anyway, um, so people, someone left these. So my house, here's the thing about LA. It will get cold outside, but it Mm -hmm. doesn't warm up very well inside a house because we have like no insulation. Yeah, that's a real problem. So I kind of drag them all over the house with me when I want to get cozy. And, you know, it's like all of 60 degrees here, so I'm but freezing. People say, people make fun of it, but in 60 degrees in the desert is much colder than 60 degrees yeah. in a humid place on, on the East Coast. I believe you. That sounds to be true. But I drag these little space heaters around the house, and it looks you turn them on, it looks like there's a little fireplace That's inside. Cute. Um, and uh, so I, I grab this little space heater, and I sit right in front of it so my skin gets incredibly so dry. So you're bra- baked like just a little like rotisserie. Like a little potato. <laughs> little rotisserie chicken. Yeah. I'm just like a little dried up potato. Why don't you put a, a, a humidifier right next to it? I Well, I'm going to talk about something I have been doing, but yes. Um, <laughs> and then blanket-wise, I have a few throw blankets that like just live at my house. So I find the one that smells the least like the dog. <laughs> and then I have it thrown on the floor for her to sleep on because that's what I do is I throw the blanket on the floor and then she loves that and loves to sleep on it. So... Right now, it's this. there's this light, cozy one from Ikea that needs to be replaced because I've had it for at least 10 years, if not 15. Um, but it's like this little white, light one. So it's not a heavy blanket. I don't like a super heavy blanket, especially because the space heater is... Uh, Sean's face right now is like, why are they talking about this? Uh, <laughs> maybe he's honest. Uh, um, uh, the, the space heater is warming me up. 
So the blanket is just for for co- garnish coziness, <laughs> coziness, and that I like it, but I don't necessarily need it. So mm-hmm. it's kind of a, a bit of it's bit just of for both. the cozy feel of it. Yeah, on you. and it's not a light. It's not going to be a heavy blanket. Mm-hmm. What What about you? How do you um, uh, maximize extreme coziness? Well, I've had to change my my cozy setup because since we lived on top of a mountain. And it is actually cold. Yeah, it's it freezing. It is very up. cold. Mm-hmm. Wow, we're very lucky that we have a fireplace. It's really freezing. Like, it gets below. Oh, yeah, we already had snow. Oh, God. Which I'm very unhappy about. Jeremy, my boyfriend, is loves the snow. And so he gets really happy. I do not. But we have a fireplace, which, which is great. But um, so before I even get on the couch, warm socks, sweater, warm sweatpants. Mm. I got to gear up mm-hmm. because it is very cold. So I, I actually don't like a throw blanket. Oh, no. Really? No. no throw blanket? I Too shift- messy? Too small. Too small. I shift positions a lot when How I How big read. of a throw blanket are you using? I'm not even using a throw blanket. Okay. I'm using a comforter. Oh, a comforter. I mean, I'd like a comforter. It's just usually too much for me. No, I because I, I move around so much, and I hate when you have a throw blanket and you move a little bit, and then you have to, like, perfectly place each corner of the throw blanket so all of your limbs this are covered. like a towel. Are you sure you know what a throw blanket is? <laughs> a throw blanket is a big, is a blanket. No, but sometimes if I, like, stretch out my legs all the way. I see. You know, and then if you pull it up too far and then your feet poke out, like, I don't want to deal with that. Okay, okay, okay. So I get, I have a huge comforter in our living room that I use to read with. Um, and it is a game changer because I just throw that on there. I can fit the cats on there. I can fit my legs in any direction. And I don't have to worry about like repositioning to um, to keep the my feet and all, all, all of my limbs underneath it. And sometimes I will use the throw blanket, but around my shoulders. But for my legs, it's got to be a big comforter. Throw blanket, but it's like a scarf, like a giant like scarf. A, well, I would say like a cape. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Like I'm a reading superhero. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So we got into blankets. What about pillows? Do you have a special reading pillow? I don't. But here's how my pillow situation usually goes. I'm leaning on a pillow because we like throw pillows, you know, mm-hmm. and couch pillows. And I like to like sit up like leaning on a pillow. And then as I get tired, I kind of lay down with the p- book on the pillow. And then eventually I put my head on the pillow. You just and slow, fall right asleep. Very slow motion going entirely it's like literal, horizontal. Like, yeah, it's it's a very slow fall into sleep <laughs> on the pillow. So there's a pillow there. I'm going to use it for my head, which will eventually put me to sleep. Because if I'm cozy in front of that heater and that heater's like going like, and like making a little noise, that's like, that is just sleepy time for me. Oh, but it's too dry. It is dry. It is dry. What, here's what I was going to say. I've been doing a little bit, Mallory, of slugging. <laughs> it's so funny you say that because I, I've been reading about slugging and I was going to ask you if you slugged. I've been slugging uh, because I don't know. I remember who told me about it. They're going to be mad at me. It was probably Sydney because I saw it, it on was. her Instagram story. Maybe. I can't remember who told me about it, but basically it's like you put Vaseline or Eucerin or uh, what is that other stuff? There's another, there's another one that I'm using. And no, not retinol. The opposite of retinol. It's like you put Vaseline on your face. You're trying to... You're trying to yeah, look possibly. like a slug, basically. You're trying to get greasy like a slug, like just a greased up seal, <laughs> ready to like whatever. And so you, if you do that, I mean, look, is it for all skin types? No. But, but I have isn't it very gonna, dry skin. If you're slugging and you're sitting in front of a teeter, isn't it all just going to melt down your face? I mean, I don't know, actually. I don't think so. I, I mean, it's not like you're putting like an inch layer. You're like doing, yeah. you're just doing like a layer. I distinctly remember... Getting my make- makeup done, because obviously I used to be an actress, and I would get my makeup done. And I remember telling a makeup artist one time, I was like, you know what I would like to do? Just put Vaseline on my face at night when I go to bed. And they were like, don't you ever do that. And the fact that people are doing that now on the internet, I felt feel like very so vindicated. vindicated. And I was also like, I have the driest skin in the world. I could literally put Crisco on my skin, <laughs> and it would not break out. It would just, like, absorb it. Well, uh, before, and can I put Crisco? Cl- is that and then sit in front of and then I really truly then am you, a rotisserie chicken. John's gonna come home and be like, "What are you roasting?" Here? <laughs> but well, if we're gonna keep this part in the podcast, what does slugging do? It just keeps your skin moisturized. Yeah, it's like a, it's just like an extreme. Like you know how you pay for these like overnight masks mm-hmm. and stuff. I think people are like, you know, we don't have to pay for these overnight masks. Gonna- we could just put Vaseline on our faces. Wow. Because I do like a lot of nighttime masks mm-hmm. because my skin is so dry and I live in a desert yeah. and I love a space heater. There's a lot of problems here. <laughs> I'm seeing so, I'm seeing the connection yeah yeah here. but it's listen this is a problem pre-space eater but yeah I mean I'm look this is not a skincare podcast but if you were curious there's a lot of but I will say do I it. am I am 
drenching myself at night I, with any before this and still am. But I, I'm taking the thickest lotion you can find, the shit wow. you use for your feet. And I'm like, <laughs> put it on my face. And I'll do a mask a couple times a week and I just leave it on. It's wow. just, I have very dry skin. My, my hands literally start cracking and my wow. feet crack in the winter. Like, I just have dry skin. Why don't we just, yeah, put People you People are going to be like, drink more water. Y'all, I drink the water. I'm, it's just your skin. This is That's where fine. I'm at. My mother has the same problem. This is where, where I am. But the slugging is interesting, and you could do that in front of the heater. Now, Does it I work? haven't done it in front of the heater, but I feel like I could, and it's help. It's helping. I'm doing yeah. it at night before I go to bed. Mm-hmm. So I just put my it all over my face. Again, don't try this at home unless you have skin. Unless you're a rotisserie chicken. Unless you are, your skin is dry like sandpaper. Like, you have the sandiest... <laughs> Your skin is essentially like I like it is a piece of paper. There's no moisture in it. That's what I that's what I feel like it works for me. But anyway, so that's what I'm doing. That's my plan. Hot I skincare do, tips I on just reading like glasses. I like that space heater, and you know I'm allowed to have some bad choices in life when it it's comes fine. to It's fine. We all have our vices. Uh, so wait, we were talking pillows. We were talking pillows. Tell me your pillow itch. I well, I you know I love the book pyramid pillow that we have. Oh, wow, I forgot about. We that covered thing. it a long time ago on the show, and I do like it. Um. Because my sometimes when you are that's the worst is when you're all cozy and you're on the couch and you got your blanket everything set up maybe your cat or your dog or your bunny or whatever you got is like sitting with you and then you're like trying to get comfy and your book won't sit right the book pillow is very helpful for that and the reason why is because it has it's like a pyramid so you can stick it in the groove of the pyramid and it like really stays there and I really like that did you say bunny yeah. How many listeners do you think have bunnies? I know people who have bunnies. But do you think it's like more than, uh, it's enough to shout out? Yes, okay, I would say wow. so. All right. More than the general population, yeah. Sean says, of listeners. You think Reading Glasses bunny owner Venn diagram is larger than I see the- people in, in the Reading Glasses Slack talking about their bunnies. Really? Yeah. Okay, great. All right. Yeah. I mean, they're very cute bunnies. And if your bunny's cur- curled up cozy on the couch, you don't want to disturb it to find a b- different spot to put your book. Uh, I am very curious about the- Book bow bean pillows. There's this okay. company called Book Bow. We've covered them on the show before, and they make those like reading sleeve or book sleeves. But they also have something called the book bean or reading bean, and it's like a bean shaped pillow that you're supposed to put on your lap while you're reading, and, like keep your book up. Um, they are like thirty five dollars, so I plus shipping. So I've never gotten around to getting one. Maybe we should test one out for the show. Yeah, um, but- they aren't on. A- Amazon. No, they you have to get them through bookbow.com. Mm. Uh, but I'm curious about them. And if my uh, if I can't find my book pyramid, I will use a throw pillow and put it in my lap and rest my book on it. Hmm. Especially if I'm reading a hardcover. You don't want you don't want to hold a book up for that long. No. Especially if you're like all cozy and you're like settling in for like an hour plus of reading. You want to don't want to hold a hardcover. So I will I will rest it on on a throw pillow for sure. Or what about extras? Oh. Are you putting on a bathrobe? Are you slugging and then slugging your body? You just like <laughs> put on a... I do sometimes do uh, foot masks because, again, Is I Is it a like... mask if it's on your foot? I think that's just a shoe. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's like, oh, my God, they're really funny. They're like basically... The how socks? do I describe it? It's kind of... No, it's like if, it's like if you took a Ziploc bag and you filled it with cream. Not not cream like for you put in a drink, but like a <laughs> like a cream for your face. Y'all now that realize my routine is very complicated. And then you stick your foot in it, and then you kind of seal it at the top. And it's like a it like as a foot mask. It's like to keep your feet moist. It's to keep your feet moist. Listen, Pray, why I need don't you just move to the swamp. It's really true. Well, I grew up I grew up in a very humid area, and so and that your was body has great. been longing for that. Yes, ever since. that was wonderful for me. Anyway, so sometimes I do do a foot mask, but um, so I got the space heater. I got, I love a sweatshirt. I wear a lot of sweatshirts. Mm-hmm. I'm all about the comfort. I like going in sweatshirt, sweatpants. That's great. But I guess my best accessory is going to be my dog who sits wherever I am sitting and her snoring while I'm reading is really like the greatest feeling. It's, it's like the white noise that helps you concentrate. It is like, because wherever I am sitting, this dog wants to be next to me. And I go, whatever matter what room I go to, she's like, put me up on whatever furniture you are on. <laughs> I could never read on a single chair. This dog would not allow it. No. She has to sit next, or she would, but she'd have to be on smushed you. into the chair. And so the dog is the other accessory that makes it complete because I do find it very calming to like that she's like dead asleep and I'm just reading. There's something really like comforting about that. I get that way with Lula because if Lula's so anxious that I know if she's relaxed, then everything's fine. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And then I have an elderly cat and she also sleeps in the same room that I'm reading sometimes. And that's really cute when they're both 
sleeping oh. and I can kind of hear her You're like, breathing. wow, I'm in one of those YouTube, like, background videos. It really is. It is. Like, two elderly pets. That's that's my idea of heaven right there. Just two elderly pets sleeping. What about you? You got some extras? No, not until recently. I, I do have a really nice winter bathrobe that we just bought these, like, L.L. Bean flannel bathrobes that are lovely. But I don't like my arms being restricted. So I am very particular about what I have on me, what I'm reading. Um, I actually just recently bought something that people were talking about in the reading glasses slack. Um, a listener named Britt convinced me. Uh, it's called the Emposia Hooded Reading Blanket. Oh, and it's I'm a sen- sorry. Blanket? Hooded blanket? Yes. Okay. So it's not a Snuggie. It's essentially just a blanket with a hood. And the key here is that it has a clasp that keeps the blanket around your shoulders. So you like put it. it basically, it's a cape. It's a cape. It's a, it's a cape that's a blanket. That, that is like blanket material? Yes. It's okay. Sherpa on the inside. Oh, wow. Okay. It has like all these, like, all, like there's so many different options and they had like really cool art on them. So stay tuned for a review of that. Wow. Uh, but I don't normally, I don't want to, I, I don't want slippers on because I don't want anything on my feet. I don't want a bathrobe on because I don't want anything restricted and restricting my arms. But I'm going to, that's why I'm going to test out this blanket. I'm excited. Um, so we can also add a hooded green blanket to our Amazon wish list oh yeah, right put, now. Yeah, yeah, but that. Do you want, God, these are, listen, listener, I'm sorry. They are ugly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, look up, it's uh, Imposia, E E M P O S I A. And these are really cute. The Book Lovers Bookish Hooded Blankets. Let's find them. Oh, I see. Oh, okay. So these have like designs on them. Yeah, they're cool. That is cool. Like there is one that's kind of similar that I'll add to our Amazon, but they are much cuter than the ones that are basically just blankets with armholes. Yeah, I don't like the armholes. That's my whole thing. I don't want anything restricting my arms. So Bria, before we end, do you have any hot, cozy reading tips? Well, let's say you don't have a fireplace like Mallory and you don't have a space heater like me that was left by a ghost, um, uh, then I, I, I'm going to say, like, find a Yule log. And I use them year-round. Like I, We but used to do that before we on, moved up here. Which is like, a, you know, on your television. You, it has a crackling so nice. noise. It's really lovely. You can find it on YouTube. Like, there's all these. There's tons of them. There's, I don't, I'm sure Netflix has one. I mean, like, all your streamers have, like, some sort of Yule log situation. And I find that glow is just really nice. I wish oh, it was yeah, a real white, fireplace. The noise is wonderful. Everything is great. If you put that on your... On and put a regular spacey under underneath it. It would be like sort of like having a real fireplace. Yeah, yeah. I also think. Look, I like to do the multitasking. I like to do foot mask. I like to do face mask. I'm also going to recommend slugging if anybody's interested. In that. I would say that we are going to find out in one week's time that slugging is the worst thing ever. Yes. We're going to find it's like the slugging like, ruins your face. For it life. actually is like somehow related to like you know killing puppies, and we're going to like be like, oh no. <laughs> oh, no. Um, uh, but or the inventor of slugging is a serial killer. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It turns out he kills slugs. That's his <laughs> whole thing. <laughs> I would say though, I think reading in skincare go hand in hand. Especially, I, I there's a. In, uh, Instagram influencer that I follow and she was talking about how she likes to do her she watch she like does her face stuff right after dinner so not before she goes to bed so she like gets all her like puts all her face mm. stuff on and then reads for like a few like a little bit before bed and I have started to do that like go to bed earlier because I also have been doing special skincare because mm. I live in a very dry place very nice. um but I, I do really like when I have all my different potions and unguents and oils and stuff and then get in bed and read for a while. I would say those two things go hand in hand. Yeah, and I like to do, I like if I'm doing like a, you know, like a mud mask or something, I'll do that and then, you know, wait and then read and get all cozy and then go take it off. Mm -hmm. You know, I think, I think it's a, it's, it's not necessarily cozy, but if you like multitasking, which I do, you can't do anything with a face mask on anyway, so you may as well do that. What about you? You have some, some cozy tips? Oh, I have a hot, huge, cozy reading tip that... The person who I live with hates, mm-hmm. but I think it is the best thing that you can do. Get a serving tray. A serving tray. Oh, I like this. Oh my God. So I love having an array of beverages at all times, I especially do when I read. Like my, minimum two. Oh, minimum. Yes. I like, because ha- I have to have my regular water bottle and then I like some sparkling water just for taste, maybe some bourbon maybe a juice, depending mm-hmm, on the time mm-hmm. of day. But when you're all wrapped up in blankets, it's very annoying to like stop and reach over to the coffee table. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And get your drink. So I have a serving tray and I started putting it next to me on the couch when I read. And it has completely changed my life. I put everything I need on it. I put my drinks, my phone, my chapstick, my hand lotion, my glasses cleaner. It's all right next to your hand. You can put it wherever you want it and adjust it because it's just a little serving tray. My boyfriend hates it so much. <laughs> he like makes a big show of moving it somewhere else when he gets on the couch. He 
Well, wait, it. hold on. Is it sitting where he sits? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we have a very big How couch. Rude. <laughs> but he, it's like it's not like when he it's not like he comes into the room and I like make a big show of putting the serving drink next to me so he can't sit down. So, he, he won't be in the room and I'll be sure, 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 sure. It is so great. And you can get really cute serving trays. I, so so it's interesting. I was actually looking at Recently, I was like, what if I got a TV tray, which is, you know, a tall, what I think of as like a tall thing. Yeah. But if you look it up, it's like now they're like lap size ones. But what's, what do you think makes a good serving tray? I'm going to add some to our wish list. Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I like it with the one with edges, not the ones that are just like totally flat. So have a little bit of an edge. Can't be too big, uh, but can't be too small. <laughs> an edgy ter- serving tray. Uh, I love mine. It is just, I think I just got it. I I got it as a gift, Hmm. but it is, it's really, really changed my cozy reading life. It is five star banger, five million pages out of five for me. (laughs) I I love it. It really has helped because I hate, I I, I have all my beverages and I hate when I have like my, uh, you got your blanket on, you're all set up and then you have to like stop reading and reach over to the coffee table. I actually balance my cups on the couch with me, which has ended in disaster many times. Yes, I used to do that. I, I, Jeremy just noticed the other day that I have a big, there's a big stain on the couch from where I spilled something. It took him a really long time to notice. But uh, ever since then, I started using the tray. Tray's good. Yeah, that's a good idea. And if you I have the edges, then even if something, if like the cat jumps up and something spills, then it's not, not going to spill all no, over your couch. No, it's smart because I, I am doing a lot of like balancing the cup like on the side oh, yeah. of the, yeah, it's, it's It never disaster. works. Yeah. Never, you, bad idea. Not so. just the cat. It's also me. I'm I'm clumsy. <laughs> me too. Yeah. So at some point, let's test out serving trays okay. as book tech. And folks, if you have cozy reading tips, if you have cozy reading skincare tips, if you are also a slugger, if you use serving trays, whatever you got, send them to us at Reading Glasses Listen, Podcast. I'm just say, like, just... I, I don't want to call I, someone... I don't want to say, are you a slug? I don't... Like, <laughs> and I'm going to say this. <laughs> slugger I, sounds a little I cool. I could not be into slugging. I've been into this for, like, three days. So, like, like <laughs> y'all, take this with a grain of salt, okay? Because maybe next week you're going to be... I'll be like, my face has completely broken out this was the worst idea i've ever had so your skin looks good oh thanks yeah send us send us your hot slug tips to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we look at some book deck we're gonna take a quick break Al Loveland here with breaking news on a revolutionary form of entertainment, professional wrestling. For more, we go to our correspondent, Danielle Radford. Professional wrestling is the craze that's sweeping the nation, featuring fisticuffs and colorful costumes. But who can help us make sense of this world of body slams? Lindsay Kelk has the answer. Sources tell us of an amazing podcast called Tights and Fights, filled with discussions of the absurdity of professional wrestling, plus all the sincerity and hilarity that you could shake a stick at. Listen to the Tights and Fights podcast every week. Find it on Maximum Fun or wherever you get your podcasts. And your old-timey radio. Time to look at some book tech, advances in bookish technology. This week, we're testing out the Rocket Book. So this is the notebook that does not use paper. You write on it with a special pen, and then you scan it to the app. Um, our listener, Christy, wrote in with some tips because we talked about it a while ago. We put it on our wish list. Someone sent it, sent us the paper. Bria got the actual Rocket Book, and, and Christy says, I bought a Rocket Book about four months ago. I mostly use it for work, and I love it. I love that I'm not using as much paper, and I love that I know where those notes I took in that meeting from two weeks ago are. I have also used it to save books on a TBR when listening to podcasts at work. Here's how it works. You use the special pen, which are actually erasable on regular paper, and they do some magic with fabric that quilters love, but I don't know what exactly. Hmm. You put the title at the top of the page between two sets of hashtags, like hashtag, hashtag, reading glasses, podcast, Rex, hashtag, hashtag. Then you write your notes, and at the bottom of the page, you can put an X over the icon that corresponds to where you want to save the notes. Then you scan the page with the app on your phone and it saves the scan of the page under that title to the folder or email address you assigned. Once it's saved, you can wipe the page clean with water and a soft towel. I tend to clean my book once a week. 
when you get your Rocketbook, you download the app and you decide where you want the icon to link, like OneDrive, Google Drive, Gmail, etc. I use two for work and two for personal and have some left over. Oh, wow. Bria, you tested this out. What did you think? Okay, I like the idea about this. I will tell you, <laughs> I read the instructions and I was like, I wrote stuff down and then I set up the to go to my um, Dropbox or something. And then I was like, whoa, all I have to do is like X this thing at the bottom and it's going to send because it's just a piece of paper. And I was like, how's this going to send? And then I like went, I X'd it and then I looked and I was like, oh, you have to scan it. Like I was like, yeah, for yeah. some reason I thought it just automatically sent. I mean, that's the next because, version of the Rocketbook. I'm yeah, sure. well, my iPad does that with an mm. app I use. So I was kind of just thinking it wasn't, but it's, it's a piece of paper. So you can't, you can't, that's not the way it works. But anyway, I like the idea of this because it's good for the environment, right? Mm-hmm. But as people know, I, I love a paper notebook. We talk yes. about paper, paper journals all the time. And when I'm prepping for work for a job, I weirdly use, I use a lot of graph paper. Like I end up mm-hmm. writing a lot of stuff on graph paper for some reason. I don't know why. And I feel bad because I know that I'm killing trees and I've tried to switch over to an iPad and I do use my iPad. I mean, iPad. I wouldn't feel too bad, Bria. We do run a reading podcast. That's true. <laughs> um, and But I switched over to my iPad. I've also switched over to bamboo toilet paper. Me too. Have you? Who gives a crap? <laughs> no, is that what it's called? That's what I, that's, we, I've used a few brands. I haven't used that one. We look, I don't even know if this is actually helping the environment, but I... Makes you feel better. Yeah. I listen, and I was like, if this is one thing I can do is not wipe my ass with, like, deforested trees or something. You know what and I the mean? little wrappings that when you get... Sorry, this is now turned into a toilet paper podcast, but... Listen, we, we're all send about a, slugging <laughs> it in toilet paper. <laughs> they send you a big box, and all the, it's all wrapped in, like, uh, recycled paper, yeah. and the wrapping's really cute. Yeah, I know. They do, they do a good job of making you want to buy it. Anyway... I like this for what I just said, right? So, like, it could be really great for specifically work things that I do because yeah. person I sent it in, Christy, is right. Like, so you can write this stuff on on a piece of paper, and then you have already set up, in theory, like, what, it should send to your Dropbox, it'll send to your um, Gmail or, or whatever you use. And for me, that would be helpful because when I am prepping or when I'm working, I have to communicate with so many people. Like, yeah. I like I need this... Like, just for example, my shot list, right? Like, uh-huh. like every day, like for every day, I have a shot list. And if I could just, I have a system where I like write it on my iPad and then I export that and then I put it in, and it's kind of like complicated. And this is like one less step because I could just scan that photo and it would send directly to a Dropbox if I shared that Dropbox with oh, other people. that would be really good, yeah. So that for that, I was like, oh, I am interested. And I had actually looked at the Rocket Book before this because mm-hmm. I was curious if it would work for that particular process. So if you do want to share it with other people, I think that's great. I liked the cleanup too because I didn't expect it. I started erasing and I was like, oh, the eraser's not great. But then I realized once you wiped it with the towel, it is yeah. completely yeah, it goes. It's a piece of paper that's completely clean. And I think you do have to replace the paper every so often, but it didn't yeah. seem like very often. And it does seem helpful because like, again, I'm using graph paper, physical graph paper. And I've lost that paper many times where I'm like, where's my graph paper book? Yeah. Which is not a... Uh, a great thing to be doing as a director. Um, <laughs> but so, yeah, it takes, it once you ch- do the setup, which is a little bit of a process because you have to just like hook it up to your apps. It's not that, it's not that wild though. It's not like so difficult. I think most people could do it. Um, I think it was interesting. I guess my question is, I didn't understand. So Christy was suggesting this for like tracking books. Yes. If yeah. If you had like a folder on your computer and you would like constantly upload either recommendations you're hearing on the show or like your your own you know I read this and I'm writing a page about it and then putting it I guess if you're not like I'm just it's so much quicker for me to just put it in a google doc or on my phone Mm -hmm. that 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 doesn't seem to me like a saving thing like to save it but if you are a person who likes to write something in your handwriting and then have that handwriting what would be helpful for me is I'm making a shot list or I'm like drawing something to show to people like oh this is how we're shooting this thing yeah that's so helpful rather than like trying to, you know, whatever. Scan it on your yeah, phone. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to. Yeah. And this is, seems just so much easier. For a list, I don't like my handwriting. So I think <laughs> like I don't want to read shit in my handwriting yeah. later on. Like I need to actually have it. I, I want it to be. I thought it was also I thought it was going to do this. I thought it was going to translate it into non my handwriting. To, oh, you thought it was going to like transcribe it? Like, I think it scan can, it. but I couldn't quite figure out how to do it. Anyway, so for like work purposes, I was like, oh, this is four or five pages for me. Like it's pretty cool. But for the for the list making, I just didn't I think if this was your system, I could see how it would totally work. Like yeah. I see like if this is what Christy's doing all the time. And if you're someone who like who uses a lot of paper, you're very concerned about using paper, this mm-hmm. is definitely great. And also if you like 
I get, if you have like two or three of these going and you have the notebook and whatever, I can see if you're using it all the time for work or something. Like, yeah. that totally makes sense. And like how you should just use it for everything. That 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 makes sense. But like for the tracking of books, it didn't feel as helpful to me. Yeah. Um, what did you think? I gotta say, I didn't love the rocket book. Hmm. Um, I love the premise of it, but I, I, it wasn't solving any problems for me. I think that's the thing. On one hand... I have two ways of tracking my reading. I have my book buddy, my platonic life partner, and then I have my, um, I have an actual print, like physical notebook, and I'm very into fancy paper, and I'm very into my fountain pens. Valerie hates trees and hates- Oh, fuck those trees. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) Is that where you're getting your ink? Directly from octopus? (laughs) I actually just have a, I just squeeze him over the, (laughs) over the paper. Um, No, I mean, and it's, I, a lot of the notebooks I have are like, you know, um, like I love the decomposition notebooks that are all recycled stuff. You know, I'm not, I'm not a monster, Um, but I do, you know, I love fancy paper. I love fountain pens. I love my fountain pen ink. I only add to my reading journal once every couple of weeks. So I'm sitting down for like a half an hour and writing out everything. I love that process. And um, when I'm tracking it just on the go, I have my book buddy on my phone. So I don't really need anything in between that. I can see where it would be really helpful and cool to have one rocket book for like all your notebook needs. And, you know, this is like, this is my notebook, whether it's for work or personal stuff, and I can send it to just mm-hmm. different folders and that would be great. Um, but for me, there were too many steps and I don't want to have to organize the different scans. Um, I think I just love having a print notebook. Uh, so it's a, for me personally, it's a three out of five pages. But I, I really think I'm just not the target audience for this. Uh, if you're trying to cut down on paper, you're a person who like loves tech. Like we should check in with our friend Tom Merritt and see if yeah, he likes stuff. Like, he's using the, the rocket boat. Yeah. If you're trying to have stuff that's very, if you don't like a cluttered desk mm-hmm. and because my desk is like constant it's just like mountains of notebooks constantly if you were a person who wants to cut down on that if you were, like I can see where aesthetically it would be like this is just my notebook and this is so nice and I don't have any piles of paper piles of whatever on my desk I can really see where that would be nice but it's not solving any problems for me and it would take away my beloved fancy like I have a wall of fountain pen ink oh, wow. like a psycho wow a wall. Uh, I, I have so many. I love fountain pen. Like they're on display on a wall? Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. I love it. Hmm. And are you filling up the fountain pens over and over again? with Every pens? day. I write. Every day you wake up and fill up fountain pens? I, I write are you, so. Are you a character in like some sort of like <laughs> gothic novel? What is happening? You wake, I, I put on my I wake up and I, I put on my, my flowing pens. nightgown and then I pick up a candelabra <laughs> with three lit candles and then I walk through down the hallway and start filling. Because I, 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 I write all my books longhand first. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. I have three fountain, fountain pens in my bag that I'm going to use for this meeting that we're having after this podcast. <laughs> I just, I love them. I love fountain pens because they are much easier on my hand than a regular pen. Mm. And I write with them so much that I'm constantly having to fill up the ink reservoir. I see. So, but I also, you know, love just, I'm, I'm just a Dickensian protagonist. Yeah, yeah, you really are. Yeah. Pinching uh-huh. out a candle on my desk. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I'm very interested to see what other glasses think of the rocket book. It didn't solve problems for me, but I can see if some, there are people who are the target, target audience for it's this. Like and if it would this be, is your system, it's a good system. Yeah. I can see it working. It's not, com- it's not that confusing. No, it's uh, not hard. I mean, I am garbage with tech and I figured it out. Yeah. I think I took a tech, a scan and sent it to the Reading Glasses podcast email that was like, this is a test of the rocket book for reading glasses that is worked on by Mallory and Bria mm-hmm. and Sean. Mm-hmm. Like it was, and it was very easy to do. The The app is very easy. Um, but yeah, I'd be interested to see what other glasses think of this. And if so, if you ha- want to tell us about your rocket book or if you have other ideas for us to try uh, book tech wise, you can send them to the reading glasses podcast at gmail.com or you can check out our wish list in the show notes. It's a lot of fun stuff on there. Now let's answer a recommendation request from Jessica. Hi, Brian Mallory. I recently discovered the pod and I'm obsessed. I've been binging past episodes like crazy. You two absolutely make my day. I do have a reader problem though. My main reading goal for 2022 has been to diversify the genres I read. I used to read only high fantasy, sci-fi, and science-based nonfiction with the occasional Victorian romance or Stephen King thrown in. So far this year, I've read so many more genres and I'm loving it. However, there are two genres I can't break into, literary, contemporary fiction, and Westerns. As part of my goal, I want to try them, even if 
they end up not being for me. My wheelhouse is women with attitude and agency, adventures of really any kind, grumpy slash grumpy slash sunshine romance dynamic, paranormal, including paranormal romance, beautiful writing, characters that are flawed but likable, and diversity or good representation of any kind. I will say I have read Upright Women Wanted by Sarah Gailey and enjoyed it. I think it's maybe the only Western I've ever read. Bria, what do you think Jessica should read? Well, also Jessica included their doghouse, which I want to read because oh, yeah. this affected how I chose. So the doghouse was on-page sexual assault slash domestic violence or abuse, animal cruelty or pointless animal death, stories that prioritize making the reader sad, books where all the characters are unlikable or generally shitty people and love triangles. Mallory, a person after your own heart. So No love triangles or love I, arrows. I have to admit— I kept thinking of literary fiction books. And a lot of them have sexual assault. And they had a lot of sexual assault or domestic assault. Um, mm-hmm. It is a theme of these type of books. I don't know why that they get put into... Do you have a theory about this? Seems like you uh, do. I think it's just... My theory about... And it's funny because I started reading um, The Rabbit Hutch by Tess yeah. McGinty. McGinty. Yeah. Um, because, you know, it just got, it won the National Book Award. I had had it on my library holders yeah. forever, but, like, it's a, literally about a woman getting assaulted. And I was like, you know what? Can't read this right now. Yeah. But I think what's happening is just these types of stories haven't been told for so long and that there's been more and more women who have been welcomed into the literary fold in the past, like, decade or so. So we're just seeing more of them. Yeah. And um, and it's a truth about, like, a, I mean, life is, like some vast, I don't know the percentage, but it is, yes. you know, a, women experience a lot of abuse. Yes. Um, I was, We should do an episode on different kinds of literary fiction. Because I went down a literary fiction rabbit hole uh, on this where I was like, I found all sorts of different kinds of literary fiction that I didn't know. I, I think I'm a slipstream genre fiction person, which I you didn't are. even know. You are. I, like, I hadn't even thought of that, but I think this could be a good subject. I know we've done a literary fiction episode, but doing like a, a different kinds of, because yeah. I didn't know about all the Literary subsets. fiction just me- sometimes just means uh, it's any genre, but it's like prestigious, quote unquote. And then... I started thinking about contemporary literary fiction. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, does that mean it needs to be set currently? Yes. Or does it mean, well, when I looked it up, it was like, oh, this should, it actually should just needs to be dealing with timely issues. That was like sort of like what people were, the, the conclusion. It was. basically means it's not historical literary fiction. Right. So I was like, oh, would the Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo work? Because that is set currently, but also in the past. But doesn't also matter because there's assault. Sea of Tranquility, that's set in the future and the present. So anyway, there's a lot of stuff that I was like, does this, like, does this count? So Jessica, contemporary book set in a current era that is literary fiction. I went with Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. I think there's no... I, I haven't read it, but that I think it counts for all the other stuff. I don't know if it's got assault. I don't think it does. I did Google it. I, it's been a couple of years since I read it. I Googled it, but it has, Kevin Wilson has a new book out, by the way, which I'm dying to read. But um, this one has a woman on a sort of adventure for Jessica. She's just kind of shit out of luck and she gets a job taking care of her friend's children, this woman that she knew from, I, I think, boarding school or something. And these children just happen to burst into flames every so often when they get upset or start feeling emotions. So it has this paranormalish type thing happening. If you consider prior paranormal, I will say no. Liter- there's there's a lot of literary books that have genre stuff in yeah, it. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I was thinking of like Black Cake could have been a really good one. I, was, I actually genre. thought that you might suggest it, but is there assault in it? There's assault in it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's implied assault. I think I don't know if it's actually on the page, but mm-hmm. I couldn't quite remember. But there's, yeah, I mean, there's, and there's domestic violence stuff. So, there, 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 yeah, there's a lot of stuff happening in that book. But um, I think this one, it has a paranormal aspect to it, but it doesn't have a lot of the doghouse stuff. And God, I hope there's not a love triangle. I don't think there is. But anyway, this is a great book. I just love this book. And I don't get to recommend it very often because it's kind of like a weird one that like falls into like between categories. But it's definitely contemporary literary fiction. So there you go. What do you have for Jessica? Uh, I'm going to recommend a book that was in my best books of the year halftime roster, but, and it's it's called When We Were Birds by Ayana Lloyd Bonwo, and it's so it's con- categorized by the, by the publisher as contemporary literary fiction, but it also has it's got a little romance, it's got a little magical realism, got a little paranormal shit going on, it's got beautiful writing, it, the characters are definitely likable but flawed, it's got female characters, and it has a BIPOC author and BIPOC characters. Oh, cool! So it's hitting a lot of the stuff in the wheelhouse, and I'm pr- almost certain that it doesn't have anything in the doghouse. It takes place in Trinidad, uh, and it's about this young woman and her mother is dying and her mom has the power to help ferry the dead to the other side and as soon as the mom dies she this character the main character knows that as soon as her mom dies she's going to inherit this power and she doesn't want it 
She doesn't want to deal with it. And it's also about this young man who has recently become a grave digger because it was the only job that he could get. Like he literally has been waiting for days in this line at like the job office and he gets there and they're like, all right, well, here's your job. And he's like, well, I can't be a grave digger because of my religion allows me to not touch the dead. And they're like, cool, bye. I guess you're leaving now. And he's like, well, wait, 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 I, this is the, I need a job. So he has to shave his head and he has to tell his mother and she like doesn't want to speak to him anymore. And so it's, you have this grave digger and then this young woman who's about to be become like a I don't want to say maitre d but like you know like the like someone who's helping to ferry the dead over and they end up kind of I think maitre d is ferry people they don't, they well, it seems like welcome hello welcome to the land of the you, dead they show you to your seat yeah. <laughs> it's, yeah so I guess it is a little bit like a maitre d yeah well she's not going with them so it's not like she's oh, the she ferryman. shows them the way she that's, that's what I mean so it's she's more like, about like a concierge, concierge. A concierge. <laughs> You know, like an usher's like, it's down the hall. It's down yeah. the, you're like right over here. But sometimes an usher shows you your seat. So I don't know. I don't, maybe like a concierge of the dead. Okay, concierge. Um, but and then they end up falling in love. These two people end up finding each other in weird, a weird way and falling in love with each other. And there's a mystery. There's a lot going on, but it's really beautifully written. It's great for language people. And they're trying, basically getting together and trying to escape both of their fates. Um, and it's not boring. It's not stuffy. And I think this kind of book could show Jessica what literary fiction can be. And I, cause I think a lot of people like go through grad school or just growing up and they think that, like Jessica said, a lot of literary fiction is very stuffy. It's very boring, but there's a lot of literary fiction that has genre elements that has all kinds of other elements and can be really, really fun and exciting. And it's just, you know, readers like us know that the, the, the lines between the stuff is really, um, yeah really thin and often sometimes something gets classified or, or and like put on a literary fiction shelf in a bookstore just because it got really popular yeah like sometimes right. like Nora K. Jemison, a great example she's a very genre writer mm-hmm. she is a bazillion she's won a bazillion Hugo she's definitely like a, a genre writer but she's so popular and has been like so critically acclaimed that sometimes you'll go to a bookstore and like in the literary fiction section you'll find Nora K. Jemison. yeah so it's really the the board of the boundaries of the stuff is very permeable and um, I think that literary fiction can offer a lot of really cool stuff. So, Jessica, let us know if, the, if these help or uh, if you want us to recommend something else. Uh, and if you want us to answer your recommendation request or solve your reader problem, you can send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank the wonderful mods who run our Facebook group and Chrissy and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember, if you're looking for Christmas presents or other holiday presents for people who in your life who love reading glasses, there's tote bags and shirts and stickers and all kinds of fun stuff over at our Void merch store and Folks, when you buy this stuff, it is directly supporting us and it really, really helps us and we really appreciate it, especially our cats who are very hungry and eat a lot of food. Uh, There's a link in the show notes for that. And if you want to get us a Christmas present, that's free. You can give us a five-star review (laughs) and rating at at the podcast listening app of your choice. If you're on Apple Podcasts, you got to do it in your phone. It'll take you 30 seconds. Next time you go pee and bring your phone, you can do it. It really, really makes a big difference for us, helps us get more listeners, and uh, just makes us feel really nice about ourselves. Feeling, feeling fancy. You can email us at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Find us on Twitter at readinggpodcast, on Instagram at readingglassespodcast. Thanks for listening and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading.